0: All right, guys and gals, welcome to another week of the Football Lab Podcast. I am Corey, joined as always by Jared, and Frank is here as well. Um, Jared, we had a host of technical issues getting this episode started today, but how are you?
1: Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't think we were actually going to get this one in the books.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what all has been going
1: down. Yeah, your yeah, internet's, internet's
0: out. out. So I'm using my wife's laptop and my phone's hotspot uh, and some AirPods, and we're just going gonna to make it work.
1: That sounds like a plan. <laughs> Let's All make right. it happen.
0: So we're going to kick things off with headlines like we normally do. Um, I guess the biggest one to me, Randy Edsel, the head coach of UConn, uh, he announced I think late last week that he was going to retire at the end of the season. Then he announced yesterday that he's just going to retire now.
1: Yep, and I read today that uh, UConn is going to go ahead and pay out his guaranteed 1.25 or 1.52, whatever it was, uh, contract. So essentially they were just paying him to retire now. Because they well, I mean, are bad. They are yeah, so you bad. Yeah, saw the
0: video from Bar- that Barstow posted. I think that him trying to get all the players hyped up in the huddle, and uh, not nobody, nobody wanted to be there.
1: Well, yeah, they they're they're done. They just don't even want to play. It looks like.
0: Yeah, I can't remember who they. They lost to President State in week one, and then lost to Holy Cross in week two.
1: Yeah, they know Fresno State. They're probably not going to win a single game.
0: Probably not. Um, where was Randy Etzel at before? I feel like I remember his name from somewhere else. He,
1: he is an older guy, if I remember right, but I have no idea. Was
0: he in Maryland?
1: Yeah, he's 63. He was previously head coach at Maryland from 2011 to 2015, and Connecticut for 11 years before that. And he was, he was at a very, he actually was a, uh, he was actually a grad assistant at Syracuse. He coached ex- at Syracuse from eighty until ninety. Yeah. So his last school was Maryland. So he went Connecticut, Maryland, Connecticut, and they didn't even play last year. He just
0: a shittier version of background.
1: Yeah, yeah, like exactly <laughs> like that.
0: All right. So yeah, Randy Edzel stepped it out at the end of the year. Um, UGA had how many how many players tested positive? Like uh, they ones. have
1: uh, they have said that it's like five or six. They haven't said who it is. I know that the doctor, who is responsible for giving the test and dealing with the team in that manner, tested positive. So he hasn't been with the team. He missed the first game in 20 years. Uh, apparently wow. he's doing well. But apparently the thing that's troubling is Georgia's entire team, walk-alls included, and coaching staff, everything like that, is about 90% vaccinated. Every one of these new COVID cases are breakthrough cases. So breakthrough cases. So every player that contracted it has the vaccine. Okay. So that that has me super worried for down the stretch. I mean, if we're gonna do it, let's do it now because we have got UAB, South Carolina, um, and How I'm not do, I,
0: watch out for the grad assistant quarterback.
1: Well, I'm not worried about South Carolina like most people are, just for the fact that we're playing them. It's a night game at home we hit different at home at night. So UAB is more scary to me than South Carolina this year. Fair enough, fair enough.
0: But the uh, COVID
1: issue just seems to be in the beginning stages of rearing its ugly head again. And they said they have higher numbers than they've had since the fall of last year, so they're really concerned.
0: Nice. Uh, do, you, do you have Twitter?
1: Uh, I do not. I, I just usually look at the clips. Okay. But I, I, don't, I don't actually have an account. There's an
0: account on Twitter called uh, Message Board Geniuses. And yeah. And just, they just go around to all the different, like, I guess people send them to them. And uh, there was a Clemson advance saying that Georgia should have to forfeit the game and get hit with a fine and all this stuff because there's no way the players weren't positive when they played. And it's just reckless by Georgia. Carmen's going to get them sooner or later.
1: <laughs> I mean – they have to test them, if I understand correctly. They have to test them before every game. So, okay. you test positive when you test positive. And apparently I'm that happened on Monday.
0: The, I'm glad to see the Clemson fans are taking the loss well.
1: Yeah. And, and And pretty much everything I can find... It doesn't give an exact number. It says three or four players and a couple coaches. But one of the players supposedly wasn't even with the team. So
0: should have been at the bars, dude. Should have stayed home. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's going to be something to monitor. COVID is going to be an issue throughout the season. There's just no way to avoid it.
1: Yeah. Do you – I mean, with this being an issue, which team do you think ends up having – I mean, there's no way to know this. Do you think a team has to forfeit, like a big team, has to forfeit a major game or has a loss essentially happened because of COVID this year? I think it does.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm sure it will.
1: Yeah, um, I, this is not somebody, over.
0: I, I mean, yeah, it's you cannot predict what team is going to have that happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if a team has to forfeit due to COVID. Yeah, yeah. Especially, so, I mean, every every conference has come out and said like they're not going to postpone a game. Like, you, if you can't play because you have COVID, like you have to forfeit.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, like, if I mean, like that message board was saying, if the players tested positive and then they played, I mean, that's a huge deal. Like oh, that's, yeah, that's a, like
0: that's that's problem.
1: That, I mean, that could get Kirby fired. So I, I mean, even his—I mean, he has like zero chance of being fired for any other reason other than scandal, and that would definitely qualify.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so there's a lot of big injuries over the weekend. Clemson starting safety, um, Michigan yep. best yep. wide receiver, Minnesota's yep. uh, star starting running back, back. and Bama is one of their better. I think he's an outside linebacker for sure.
1: Yeah, and then UGA lost their starting left guard for the year, uh, Tate Rallage. So there's several teams that lost quality players week one for the year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it happens every year, but I mean, I feel like, I mean, it happens every year, but it may not be always in week one, but I seem like it seemed like there was a lot of players that went down this week. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota running back one was down pretty gruesome.
1: Yeah, they never came out and said exactly what it was, but I mean,
0: he, no, he... I heard, I saw a report that said he tore his Achilles.
1: I mean, well, when you saw it happen, there's nothing else that it could be.
0: Right. I mean, it's the same. It looked identical to when Kevin Durant tore his.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that's the clearest I've ever seen, and I've never seen someone just so strong that they just shred their own Achilles. And props to Ibrahim, man. He got up and walked off the field, sat down, got back up, and walked to the locker room with a a, a full-blown Achilles tendon. Just unreal.
0: Some gangster level shit right
1: there. <laughs> it's a it's a shame that this was his senior year. He hasn't got to play a lot all the way up till this year, and he was putting on a show. I
0: thought he played that, a lot last year. I thought it was like, uh, he was like the leading, like the Big Ten's leading rusher last year.
1: Uh, I was watching something. I mean, it may have been prior to that. He's just had a lot of issues, so I'm hoping he can just either way he can get healthy and get a shot at the next level.
0: Yeah, uh, no,
1: potentially. I mean, potentially, I don't know if he has any other ways to redshirt uh, for another year if need be. But
0: I don't know, man. If you're a running back, especially a guy like him who's like already a senior, like you're you're hurting yourself coming back for another year. Yeah, you just need to go. The lifespan of an NFL running back is already like two or three years. So, I mean, if you lose. Yeah, it, I'm per- unless you're signing a fat NL ideal. deal.
1: <laughs> Yeah, which he's not going to do in Minnesota.
0: Probably not a ton of those in Minnesota. No, no, no. no. Uh, Fordham linebacker Ryan Greenhagen sets the NCAA record with 31 tackles against Nebraska.
1: I mean, <laughs> what a what a beast! Seventeen a lot of assi- It was or it's eight? Was it you know 17 assisted tackles and then 14 solo? Is those numbers check out. I yeah. thought
0: I saw that they gave him one more than he actually got. Is that true?
1: Well, he, they recorded 30 in the game, but after viewing game film, oh, they, so they credited
0: one of those, like, uh, fancy football yeah. Monday. You actually had four catches instead of three catches.
1: I, I guess. They, apparently, they just straight up missed one of his solo tackles. Like, apparently, it was egregious enough that they gave him a <laughs> well, solo. I mean, yeah,
0: when you get when you get up into the 30s in one game, probably hard to get, keep track of all of them.
1: Well, it also sounds like he was the only guy playing defense for Fordham. <laughs>
0: The score would indicate that it was funny because we were, you know, we were texting during the Nebraska game, and literally I said, uh, you know, I did my thing where I'm like, Oh, Nebraska, and then they just started scoring like, well, pretty much after that.
1: Which, well, yeah, you sent me uh, the googly eyes, and it was just like, does does Scott Frost have a job come next week? And then they started, they just unleashed. So, the question is
0: the answer to that question is yes, for at least for one more week,
1: at least for one more week, um, which. Which rolls in nicely to the next spot. Um, which coaches do you think are uh, on the hot seat or their their seat is heated up, so to speak?
0: The only coach that has a hotter hot seat than Ed Orgeron is Jimmy Lake at Washington.
1: Uh, yeah, and this is his first year.
0: This is his first game. You're ranked number 20 and you lose to an FCS school. Which yeah. I know Montana's pretty good. If I, if I remember, but I think they're actually yeah. a pretty good FCS team.
1: But you're Washington, man. You Washington. cannot do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's bad. so
1: so he's already he's already got a microscope on him now. Yeah, Ed Ochrun has definitely jumped up on the hot seat for losing to UCLA. Uh, Jim Harbaugh maybe lessened some of the heat, but I think he's going to be on it all year, no matter what. Same yeah, with Scott he, Frost.
0: Yeah. And the only way Jim Harbaugh gets the heat off of him is if they win the, the Big Ten. I mean, that's the only way. Because, I mean, if they if they lose to Ohio State, if they lose to – you know, if they go 9-3 and three and get blown out by Ohio State, I mean, and he still hasn't accomplished anything, that's that's par for the course.
1: Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that he's he's got no errors left to make. Um, I would – I mean, and playing off of that, I would argue that maybe um, Mike Norvell, Mel Tucker, and Mike uh, – or uh, Justin Fuente have elevated themselves, even Chip Kelly, away from the hot seat. With their wins well, I don't
0: know if Chip was really on the hot seat because I don't know if UCLA can do much better. Um, Mel Tucker oh, well, and Mike I- Norvell definitely feathers in their caps after this past weekend. Fuente is another one. I mean, there was a lot of reports that they were going to fire him last offseason. Beating yeah. UNC definitely helps, but if they don't – you know. If they go seven yeah. and five, they went over UNC doesn't really mean a whole lot.
1: That's true. I mean, he, his days seem like they're numbered. Regardless, I, I would argue that Mike Leach is in a lot of trouble at Mississippi State. I feel like that's just the wrong coaching place. Like, that's just not just, the spot for him.
0: He has to recruit the South, and his personality is, you know, doesn't fit the South very
1: well. Yeah, he is. He is Midwest to West Coast. Uh, the South is not. Gonna be good to him.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I know he coached at Texas Tech, but I don't feel like they recruited the South very much. I feel like he had a lot of West Coast, Northwest guys.
0: But he wasn't as out there at Texas Tech as he's gotten. He was like, I think he's just now at the stage where he just doesn't give a fuck. So he's just gonna be, he's gonna be, yeah, who he, who he really is. I think when he was at Texas Tech, he was still trying to reach the upper echelon of. You know, college football coaching, so he kind of reined it in a little bit. He's just a fucking weirdo.
1: Yeah, he would just give the awkward press conference instead of the straight up bizarre. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, when his, he was a
0: Texas Tech, he went up there, you know, saying which conference animal would beat all the other conference animals in a fight.
1: You know. Yeah, he went talking about aliens. I mean, even the conference or press conference—it wasn't even a press conference. It was his after-game interview he gave. It just, just classic Mike Leach, just. Just rambling about nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I mean, the yeah, I definitely think Norvell, Tucker, and Kelly definitely helped cement you know not getting fired. So yeah.
1: I would say Mike Norville is the only one that had a loss that actually helped himself, though, because of how well they played. I mean, it surprised me. I thought for sure I'm not, they were kind
0: of good. I'm not a fan of moral victories. I think that's that terminology is bullshit. But yeah. you went toe-to-toe with the number 19 in the nation. And,
1: and you shouldn't have even competed, you, you've
0: technically. Been, you've been one of the laughingstocks of college football for the last five years. It's a big deal. I mean, if you go – you know, i are not saying you go out and win the ACC, but if you go out and put together an eight and four season, I mean, and you play cl- like Clemson close, I don't know who, I, I forget who all of them are scheduled, but if you play, you know, the good teams close, I mean, that's something to build on for next year and the years that follow. I mean, that shows that you're the right guy for that job, at least for now. Yeah. You've got things going in the right direction. So the Mike Novell. Would, to me, is the biggest winner of the weekend outside of maybe Jim Kelly.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, I guess we'll move on because getting in it any further, we'll be actually talking about the game. So we'll do one more. Uh, Todd McShay is taking some time off.
0: Yeah, uh, to anyone who did, wasn't watching the Alabama beat down of Miami, um, he did a sideline report. Man, he just looked out of it. Like, he, w- he wasn't looking at the camera. He was, like, looking around, and he couldn't, like, string together a sentence. I mean, it was, it was rough.
1: And, I, I mean, I've seen Todd McShay do a lot of Georgia games and a lot, of, just a lot of college football in general. Never seen him act like that before. <laughs> Obviously, something's off.
0: Right, and he's got that, you know, that one of those dead giveaways when somebody's got some type of substance abuse issue where your head starts to swell. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. actually really round. He definitely had that going on too. So hope whatever he's dealing with, he can, you know, take time, get it straightened out. Um, I mean, it's it's a big deal that ESPN's letting let him do this right as football season kicks off.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously he's an asset to them for them to not just cut ties or something like that. They're actually going to work with him. And hopefully right. he can get back this season if, you know, if that's something at least back wants. in time
0: for the draft, because that's that's what he's known for. So, having yeah. him being able to get back in time for the draft would be nice. Um, so yeah, I hate it for him. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. man. You don't want to ever see anybody deal with addictions or anything else he might have going on. So, I mean, hopefully, it gets better.
1: Yeah, and we don't know exactly what it is. It just had all the hallmarks of something like right. that. It's, so. just, it's just
0: one of those things where you hate to make assumptions, but all signs point to he's got an issue of some type. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I hope he gets it figured out and gets back out there, and hopefully we'll see him again this year. But if not, hopefully hopefully long-term he can get it straightened out.
0: Yeah. So uh, moving on uh, to our what might be a reoccurring segment, uh, this segment is called uh, Jared is Happy, and Corey <laughs> is not mad. He's just disappointed. So, Jared, I will let you kick things off. Uh, so the floor is yours.
1: So, obviously the whole country knows if you follow college football, probably the biggest game of week one and probably for some time into the season was Georgia Clemson. It's definitely going to have a huge impact as far as the playoffs go down the road. I uh, did not, did not expect that game to go anywhere in the neighborhood of what ended up happening. Um, I thought there were going to be points and touchdowns thrown all over the yard and it couldn't have been further from that. Georgia's defense absolutely suffocated and manhandled Clemson's offense. Seven sacks by eight different players. Um, the biggest stat of the game, I think, was Clemson had, I think it was 23 carries for two yards rushing. That, that You can't win a ball game like that. And neither offense looked good. I mean, the defense for all of its successes, Georgia's, Georgia's defense looked amazing. Its offense looks concerning. But I, I feel positive about that. I just feel like we've had a ton of injuries right here at the beginning of the year. I mean, we had Ladd McConkey out there playing, and nothing against Ladd McConkie, but he wasn't even listed on the dev chart up until just a few days ago. I mean, he was like bottom, bottom of the list.
0: That is we a had
1: a do Vlad, what now?
0: Lad McConkie doesn't sound like a real person, but continue.
1: <laughs> he is a wide receiver and he has got a lot of speed. I think that's Oh, he, is it the white guy? It is. It is. Yeah,
0: I saw that guy. I didn't remember seeing him.
1: So I think he'll develop in time, but he, you know, he held his own. He, I think he had a catch. Uh, another one was, um, I think it was Jalen Johnson, who was a former walk on, uh, played a bunch. Uh, Kyrus Jackson played, but he was only returning uh, returning punts. So apparently, his injury was worse than Dominic Blaylock's injury. But they just they're trying to work Dominic Blaylock back. So he was cleared for the game. He didn't play. So we had Jermaine Burton, who's had maybe ten practices out of the forty five possible. Uh, the star on offense, as it turns out, was probably as far as catching passes go was freshman tight end Brock Bowers. Um, that dude is going to be a freak. He is going to be something special. And he is the third tight end on the depth chart <laughs> right now. So we'll see what happens with him. I, I, You know, with as good as this defense played, I think the offense is going to get better in time, and our schedule is very friendly to develop and get guys back healthy. Um We can't get caught looking past UAB or South Carolina. That's going to be a real problem if Georgia's caught looking because, I mean, UAB could be a trap game. They're well-coached, definitely not as physically gifted as Georgia. They don't have the depth, but they're well-coached. South Carolina, that's always a classic trap for us, but I think because we're playing them at home at 7 p.m., we'll probably get done what needs to get done. Um, our running backs still look good The offensive line, despite losing Tate Ratledge for the year It just proved to me that stacking Five star after five star For four consecutive classes of offensive linemen Is, is showing up because they immediately shifted They put Cedric Van Pran at center Moved Warren Erickson to guard Just do some shifting And defense, the Clemson's defensive front is elite I still think they're elite And they handled them They just held them to one sack while we had seven. And I'm not real sure if Clemson's offensive line is worse, but they had four returning starters. So I was very surprised we got that much pressure. So I think it's a combination of just having so many returning guys on that defensive unit. And Dan Lanning probably called the game of his life that night. Um, But Georgia, I think when they realized probably halfway through the second quarter that – Clemson couldn't do anything. They just dialed the offense back to no mistakes and just do what you could, but they did not throw the ball down the field. Everything was handoff draws and screens. You you could just tell our offense is not clicking on all cylinders, but the defense is red hot. So I got a very positive positive outlook for the season. I'm just going to enjoy this W. W. And just, just hope for the best. So that's my piece on that.
0: Uh, yeah, to just kind of echo what you said. Uh, first off, I'm incredibly happy for you. Um, I
1: appreciate that. Uh, I'm happy I, too. I've
0: known you long enough. To we've, we've, we've been through you know some tough ones. Uh, the 2017 National Championship. The 2018 SEC Championship. The 2018 Game of Shoe, I was going to say I... In 2019, we were, we were there together for both of those. <laughs> yep. uh, the, the Falcons collapse in the Super Bowl, so I'm happy you got one. Uh, y'all girls' defense, I, I didn't see a ton of the game because LSU was playing at the same time. Uh, but I feel like every time I looked over, y'all were just beating the shit out of DJ Uncle Lele. So uh, it was a very impressive performance. I know you had to be nervous in the fourth quarter when it was still only 10-3. to 3. And all it takes is one busted coverage and it's a tie game and it's a completely different ball game. Oh, absolutely. I do agree with you as y'all start getting healthier, the offense will come around. Um, man, a defense the defense was impressive.
1: I, that's one of the best defenses, and I'm not saying this because I'm a I mean obviously a huge Georgia fan. I'm, I mean, but that was one of the best defensive performances I think I've ever seen. It's week one, so defenses are generally in front of offenses when you start the season. But You're that far. yeah, that Yeah, that There's was something special. <laughs> All
0: right, so we're done. With, we good on the UGA side?
1: Yep, I've, I've said my piece, and we'll move on to to either right. your spill or game reviews. What do you wanna?
0: What do you wanna? Oh, no, to we're next? gonna talk about OSU. We're gonna we're gonna talk about OSU. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's start off with Ed's comments to the fan pre-game, calling the guy, you know, telling the guy in a sissy blue shirt, "If you're winning games by if you're dropping going out and dropping fifty points on people every single week, talk all the shit you want in the world. I don't care. If you're going to call out a fan while you're walking into the stadium to make fun of them and go and then go out and put up that performance, you need to shut your damn mouth and do your damn job." Um, that was, it's all fair game. If he didn't want to be made fun of, he shouldn't have said it, block out the noise, all that bullshit. But that's, that is one of the main criticisms that a lot of people have had of Coach O is he doesn't know when to shut his mouth and do his job. Um, so, you know, I've been a big supporter of Ed Orgeron from the very beginning. Uh, even last year, I uh, gave him the benefit of the doubt that's gone. Um, if it was up to me. He'd been fired before he got back from UCLA. Um, so that's first off, um, you got a pass for last year, but that shit doesn't fly anymore. Um, cause at the end of the day, you went out and you got bullied by a Pac-12 team. You didn't just get beat. You got bullied by a Pac-12 team, by a Pac-12 team, a soft West coast offensive defensive line went out there and pushed your shit in. Uh, you gotta have, you have to. To me, that's just bathroom. You have to have more pride in your program than that. Um, I don't blame any of the players. Uh, First off, I will never blame the players. I'll make fun of players that I don't think are very good just because I'm an asshole. I don't blame the players. I blame the coaches. We made no adjustments on offense. We made no adjustments on defense. We did the same shit in quarter one that we did in quarter four. I mean, it it was a total collapse from the entire staff. Um, So on offense – why we don't let Max Johnson use his legs blows my mind. I don't mean go out there and run read option 40 times a game, but have a couple of design quarterback runs. It's his it's his biggest asset outside of his arm is the fact that he can run with the ball. Use it. He's going to get the shit beat out of him regardless because our O-line sucks. At least let him try to get some positive yards instead of yard, having him standing six yards in the backfield as a non-moving target. Uh, so that blows my mind. When we were talking about, Bringing back the Joe Brady offense. One thing that Joe Brady did in 2019 that I absolutely loved, and you saw it a lot, is he would motion the running back out of the backfield into a wide receiver position. What this did is it forced the defense to tell you what coverage they are running. If a linebacker goes out there, they're probably running man. If, a, if, they, if, all, if the whole defense just shifts over, they're probably running zone. You don't have to throw it to the running back ever, but it tells you what the defense is doing, and that is – something they excelled at so much in 2019 that we haven't seen since. And it blows my mind that they don't do it more. Um, two freshmen make two big catches in the first half, uh, Jack Batch and Brian Thomas, and then they disappear from the game plan. Why? Jare Jenkins, God bless him, not a very gifted wide receiver, same build as Brian Thomas, same type of player as Brian Thomas. Why not try to get Brian Thomas a couple more touches the decision making by Coach Staff is driving me nuts. The O-line, not good. You return four starters and you got pushed around by a pack 12 defensive line. That cannot happen. Uh the running game. We have two running plays. It's either inside handoff, or outside handoff. There's no counters, there's no sweeps, there's no there's no options. There, I mean it's just it's so vanilla that it's our run game is non-existent because a run game is so easy to defend. Uh, it's it, baffling, just baffling. And then Max's throw where he's turned backwards and he just chunks the ball. Like, <laughs> that's almost embarrassing. It's just losing the game right there is that your quarterback thinks that that's a, an okay thing to do. It's uh, admit. It, it's getting me more frustrated talking about this kind of stuff. Um, so let's just switch to the defense. Our linebackers can't cover. Damone Clark and Buck Strong were the starting linebackers for that game in micro basketball. None of them can cover. While well, we brought in a transfer linebacker from Clemson, Mike Jones Jr., who was Pro Football Focus's highest rated coverage linebacker in 2020, he didn't play a single snap. What the fuck are y'all doing? Like, what are y'all doing? Um, D-line couldn't get consistent pressure. B.J. B J Ogilori, great at rushing the patcher. He cannot defend the run. He's just not big enough. Uh, we didn't blitz once. I don't know why. To me, it makes no sense. You were getting decent pressure before. Send five every once in a while. Because you know what UCLA did? They sent six or seven, and they killed us with it. Send five every once in a while. Because uh, one thing that's been a recurring thing for LSU for the past, even back to 2019, is we give up an absurd amount of third and longs. So like you have a better chance of completing a third and long than you do like a third and three against LSU's defense. It's just, it's insane. Um, Jay Ward got hurt early and apparently that completely screwed over the defense. That shouldn't happen. Um, and you know, you went outside and a 5 star freshman in Sage Ryan, and he didn't see the field once. I mean, he's a defensive back. This is LSU. This is DBU. Why can't this 5 star freshman get some playing time? I mean, if he's not ready, then that's an even more of an indictment on the coaching staff. Um, and then we just we just flat-out can't tackle. Um, we can't. We, we just – it's hitting people with shoulders, not wrapping up. Derek Stingley Jr. just thinking he's going to shove the guy out of bounds. the guy fights through the arm tackle and runs for a 30-yard touchdown. Like it's just, it was embarrassing. Um, It was to me. This was more embarrassing than the Troy loss in 2017. Uh, It really was because we went out and got our shit pushed in by a Pac-12 team. Um, As far as the rest of the season goes, I don't know, man. I don't think we can beat Kentucky. I don't think we can beat Florida. I don't think we can beat Texas A&M. We're not going to beat Bama. Um, We're not going to beat Ole Miss. So you know, six and six, seven and five. Uh, it, in my realistic opinion, if we go nine, if we don't go at least 93, Ed's in a very good position to get fired. Um, I don't, some booster will come up with the money to get rid of them, and then we will be looking for a new coach. Uh, I could probably go a lot longer on this. I'm trying to keep it very condensed and just kind of, you know, go through it as quickly as possible. So, Jared, if you got any questions for me, now's the time to ask them because I'm getting fired up.
1: I hear you man. I won't ask too many other than, you know, what your biggest takeaway. I mean, do you think do you think at all that you do you think the traveling out to the West Coast for week 1 to play, you know, I mean, no it's not Troy, but it is a Pac-12 school. But do you think that had anything to do with it just having to take that long road trip out there?
0: I think the hurricane probably had more to do with it than the actual trip to the West. If I'm being okay. completely honest, I think the hurricane doesn't I mean not all of our players are from Louisiana, but a good portion of them are. And, you know, anytime you go through a natural disaster like that, it's impossible to focus. It, it's just it's it's tough because especially, you know, if you're if you're staying in Houston like the team was for the entire week, and, you know, you got family in Homa or New Orleans because, I mean, Mason Smith, he's from. Um, Thibodeau, Thibodeau got absolutely destroyed in the hurricane. Um, so, I mean, it's just there's no way to concentrate with all that going on. It's, it, it really is impossible.
1: Well, with that being the case, I mean, do you think that LSU can kind of square things up? I mean, who do you who do you play next?
0: We've got McNeese this week, which is funny because their quarterback is Ed Son. Um, yeah, I saw that. And then another runner win before we play Mississippi State in week four. I forget who we play in week three, but I think it's like Central Michigan or something.
1: So, in other words, you should have some time to – I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things in college football that differs from the pro level and even the high school level is you get generally we get tune-up games. This year right. nobody's doing tune-up games. Everybody's starting out right off the gate for the most part.
0: Except UCLA, a had a
1: game. UCLA but they played in week 0, so they were one of the few teams that played prior. But I, I, that I ended understand. up benefiting benefited them.
0: Yeah, it did. I understand what you're saying. You know, they've got two weeks against two crappy opponents to kind of figure stuff out. I just I didn't see anything outside of KeSean Butte that gave me any hope of them not you know being terrible this year i mean it was is rough
1: that was a tough yeah. game
0: to watch i mean that's the I, first time that's the first time in a very long time that i quit watching an lg game before it finished i've sat through alabama beatdowns i sat through the troy game i sat through the seven overtime game against texas a&m that's the first time i, I don't even think i didn't watch a single play in the fourth quarter I just I, I got up and just went and did something else because I was that just I was ready to punch my, my computer bother.
1: Well, I I can say that I've been fortunate enough in the last you know definitely since Kirby's got on the scene that we have other than the South Carolina lost loss, but even with that, like I haven't walked away from a game frustrated. Oh, certainly, and and you know you've been there for a few of them, right? But uh, I, I mean. I get where you're at, man. Y'all have got talent everywhere, and there's no reason. There's no reason that that should have occurred like it did. I I hammered that game in, for LSU a thousand percent. I would have never thought LSU win that game. I mean, excuse me, UCLA wins that game. I would have never thought that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, it brings me back to something. I had a good buddy of mine who was not very happy when Edward John retired. And I'll tell, I'll say the same thing now that I told him then. I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, he's probably not going to be the long-term answer, but he will leave a full cupboard of players for the next guy. And as long as he doesn't convince all our entire team to enter the transfer portal this year, I still believe that there will still be plenty of talent for the next coach to come in and do well. Um, but man, that, that was—it was rough to watch. Um, so let's move on. We spent a lot of time on LSU. Um, I don't want to make turn this into just a strictly LSU podcast because I'm going to end up punching somebody <laughs> before it's over. Um, so let's talk about the other games of the week. Notre Dame Florida State is to me the highlight of the weekend. That was a fantastic game. Um, yeah,
1: incredible, incredible game.
0: Like we talked about, Mike Norvell I never, I'm not a big fan of moral victories, but they proved that they are headed in the right direction. Um, Mackenzie Milton. I mean, that if I don't care if you like Florida State, I don't care if you don't like Florida State, I don't care if you don't like UCF. Mackenzie Milton is one of those stories you root for, regardless of your opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that injury he sustained in 2018, I mean, you thought that was that kid's career. That was was it. It
0: wasn't like, is he going to play football again? It was, is he ever going to walk
1: again? Yeah, he may lose his leg. I mean, they thought they were going to have to amputate his leg at one point. And to see him come into the game after an injury to the quarterback and for the head coach to just be like let's leave him and then for him to do what he did I mean FSU has to be just beaming right now because their whole season just took a turn for the best like they have hope for the rest of the year they may not get to the playoffs they may not do anything other than just win their schedule because they look completely different when McKenzie Milton at the helm
0: yeah the, there's only one other team I can think of that has been has been through some rough times in the past couple of years. That's probably happier than Florida State. Whenever we get to that team, I'll say it. Um, okay. Penn State, Wisconsin. I don't know how Wisconsin didn't win that game. Um, I mean, they I turned don't In the red zone, like twice, right? Two or three yeah. times. I
1: mean, yeah, they, they blew it. The
0: game easily and.
1: I mean, it was a great credit, game. Credit
0: to the Penn State defense. They did a phenomenal job. But yeah. Wisconsin, you can't win. You can't lose games like that. That's that's tough.
1: I, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a great game. But at the same time, you could tell it was a week one game. And I'm still not sold that Penn State is back to form. Right. But I, I think Wisconsin gave that game away. I think they're oh, the better sure. team nine out of ten times. And they blew it. Penn State it. had that that's, one
0: long touchdown pass. That was pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Wisconsin. I, I hate it because I was really I, I'd picked Wisconsin. We were both actually
0: Wisconsin this year. We I picked and, them to win the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, Which they I, still I could. Think,
0: they still could go out and win the Big Ten.
1: But if they do, that might eliminate any Big Ten playoff contention, <laughs> depending on how the season I went.
0: twelve one Big Ten champion, Wisconsin only lost being a close window. Penn State, I think you can get them with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's going to be a weird scenario this year just with what some of this first week turned out.
0: Oh, I mean, that's one thing we didn't talk about, but there were so many ranked teams that lost this week. When, you know, I think it was...
1: Damn, top ten teams at that.
0: Yeah, I think it was like week two or week three when we were doing the podcast. You know, I talked about I really want this to be as close to the 2017 season as possible. We got off to a great start. You know, yeah. my, my team is one of the teams that lost. But we got off to a very hot, chaotic start, and, and that's a one. I guess that's another good thing about LSU. You know, looking as bad as they did, is that I won't be going to many of the home games this year, so I'll be able to watch more games. Um, so I guess that's a positive for us in the podcast. Um, so yeah, so Wisconsin, it's a tough one. You should have easily won that game, but I guess credit to the Penn State defense. Uh, okay, yeah, Tulane.
1: Oh my God. Uh, this yeah. one, this one to me is the biggest disappointment of the weekend. Like you I, say
0: that, but this is a yearly Oklahoma thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
1: I mean, they went to
0: the Army like two years ago,
1: and I hear you. I know they do this a lot, but I guess the thing that just drives me absolutely crazy is all I've heard all off season is that Alabama is. It's going to the national championship, and Oklahoma's going to be there. And after week one's performance, I don't care who you are. I don't agree with that. They're not there. I mean, I know it's what Oklahoma does, is play down to these random opponents and nearly lose a game. But all I heard was how elite their defense was. And it's sounding like I'm hating on Oklahoma. It's just more disappointment because I'm, like, waiting for them to make the leap, and it just seems like they kind of took a step back.
0: If they look like this again in week two, I'll be more concerned to me. Because, I mean, this is what Tulane is what a team is supposed to look like. After, you know, going back to the hurricane stuff, you know, that's a team that used the hurricane as motivation. They were playing for New Orleans. LSU, on the other hand, was the exact opposite. Um, So, I'm super happy with Tulane. Um, That was a great performance by them. I wish they could. The chaos in me. Wish, being, wish they could have pulled it out. Um, oh, one hundred
1: percent. Funny
0: thing, was the, funny thing it was the meme of Lincoln Raleigh shaking the quarterback's hand, telling him uh, what's the caption. You should transfer here next year. I love that. Fucking <laughs> so great. Um, probably
1: will. He probably will. He I don't know. I mean, used to,
0: I mean, Caleb. <laughs> uh, Caleb Williams got a couple of touches in the game. That's their next stud quarterback. So I think yeah. they're they're set. And I appreciate they just got like the top quarterback for 2023 already or something it's ridiculous yeah they've got uh, they've
1: got a great recruiting class so they probably i mean but the transfer portal, portal you can't you can't beat experience so
0: that's true we'll get to that in a little bit uh Virginia tech unc another one of my teams that i thought was gonna i mean my my like teams that i thought for sure were gonna be good is just is in shambles uh just a bad performance all around
1: uh, yeah, UNC so ago, does
0: it again. Ruins another, <laughs> ruins another offense full of talent. Um, yeah, that was rough. Um, yeah, UNC does a great job to keep his job, I guess.
1: Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. I think you're done. Sometimes <laughs> that's my bad. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Um, but yeah, UNC. Like I had high hopes for them with Mac Brown at the helm and having all the talent returned, the, some of the transfers they got at the running back position, I thought there'd be no drop-off. They don't even remotely look like the same team from last year, and maybe it's week one, but Virginia Tech looked like the second-best team in the ACC, maybe the third, depending on if you put FSU up there, but UNC did not look
0: good. No, they did not. Uh, they look clueless on offense, which
1: is not good. That ba- that, that pass, like you were talking about with Max, just the YOLO pass, um, UNC's quarterback. I'm drawing a blank right now. Sam um, Howell. Sam Howell just just yeeted that ball into just, just straight to the guy. Like, what were you doing? You can't do that. You can't do that.
0: He's always kind of had that gunslingerness to him, though, so I think that's just part of his game. That, you know, Brett Favre, I'm just going to throw it. Where it goes, it goes. <laughs>
1: Well, sometimes it works, but a lot of times you end up losing a game like this because it's a turnover you can't afford to
0: have. That is very true. Um, Miami versus Bama. Bama just – they're the best team with the best players and the best coaches. I don't know what else you going to say.
1: Yeah, Bama just looks like they didn't even skip a beat and just reloaded. I mean, I, I was talking to my dad about this, and I was just like the only team in the country to me that looked – solid on all fronts and was better than Georgia, in my opinion, was Alabama, which, big surprise. So the one thing Um, I
0: noticed that I think would benefit Georgia in a game against them is their offensive line didn't look great. Um, Now, Bryce Young's able to negate a lot of that because he's so mobile, but their offensive line gave up some pressure.
1: Yeah, they did. And Miami does have a good front, but I was just – Not expecting, I mean, Miami didn't even put up a From Their offensive play
0: calling early in the game was horrible. Um, Yeah. A lot of Uh, screens and it just wasn't good.
1: I Um, mean, again, Miami, another team in the ACC that I thought was going to contest, you know, to challenge Clemson. And right now, even with Clemson's loss, I mean, I feel like it's Clemson and virtually no one else. Because yeah. uh, maybe F- FSU, I'm not sure. But they just – Virginia Tech, we'll see. I- I'm wondering if Virginia Tech's a fluke. But Miami just didn't look that good and got stomped by Bama. Yeah. Uh,
0: Iowa was Indiana. Iowa put up like – we were both talking about it last week. I think we both were like, it's going to be like a 10 to like 13 game. Iowa scored 14 points like the first five minutes.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Iowa – Blew the doors off of them. I think Iowa might be the second-best team in the Big Ten. Um, this Iowa-Iowa State game, I don't think it's going to be close. Just based off what I saw at Iowa State, uh, Iowa's going to probably kill them.
0: I think I, do, I think they're going to steamroll. Texas versus ULL, <laughs> this is the fan base I'm talking about. Uh, so... <laughs> Texas, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Texas didn't look like world beaters or anything. But they went out against a ranked opponent and beat them like they were supposed to beat them because they have the superior talent. Um, yeah. It's a very small thing. It's a very, it's not something, you know, the result doesn't jump out at you. But to me, that's a very encouraging sign. If you're, it wasn't a, um, God, what's the old coach's name? i Completely drawing back on this, Mac.
1: You talking about Mac Brown? Or are you talking no. about? Um, oh, um,
0: oh God! I no, I can't remember his name. All of a sudden,
1: uh, hold on, I'll get it.
0: I... Regardless, whatever his name is, it's not him going out and losing to Maryland or losing to Kansas. You know, when he has no business losing to those teams, this is this is a quarterback. I mean, this is, not, this is a team that went out there and beat a team that they should beat and beat them without much doubt. So, to me, that's a yeah. it's a good win.
1: So, Tom Herman is who we Tom were looking Herman. for. Yeah. But, yes, Completely Texas true. went out for the first time in almost 10 years and looked like the Texas team that they should be. Not world beaters, but they did the job they were supposed to. They looked good. The transfer of B- Bijan Robinson looks like it's going to be. Was he not?
0: No, he signed with them uh, a couple years ago. He's,
1: well, he's originally he from like
0: Arizona, him. but he signed with Texas. I do remember that.
1: Okay. That's my mistake in my notes. But either way, he is going to pay huge dividends. Hudson Carr looks like the right guy to run Steve Sarkeesian's offense. I am I am higher on Texas than I am in Oklahoma at the moment.
0: I mean, I can see that. Um, like I said, I'm going to hold off on condemning Oklahoma for at least another week or yeah. two.
1: Well, um, I, yeah. I mean, I know that's the thing to do. I just think when that Red River shootout comes around, I think Texas yeah. – Texas might be the better team at that point, but we'll see. We'll We'll get to that
0: in a second. Um, West Virginia-Maryland, I didn't watch this game super close, but I feel like it was a very exciting game. I know it went back and forth. Um, I picked Maryland to win, so I was obviously right.
1: And so did I. Yep, And I picked uh, them as well.
0: Okay. Um, Like I said, I didn't watch a ton of the game, but it seemed like it was a very entertaining game, Um, and Maryland got the win. That's really all I got on this
1: one. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Um, Maryland was definitely the underdog going in. I forget the spread wasn't huge, but uh, on Pick'em, it was like 80 something percent of people picked West Virginia. But Richard sure reason was
0: like single digits, Like it was like less than 10%. Like,
1: yeah, it wow. was not good. It was not good. But the reason I picked Maryland and the same. For West Virginia, in just the opposite way, this transfer portal. A lot of players left West Virginia, a lot of players went to Maryland. So, and that ended up making a difference. It it seems to be. So, Maryland's, I think Maryland's going to have a better year than people think.
0: I don't think they're going to go out and contend, but. No, no, no. Together, solid season. Something to build on. My 10th anniversary, Washington. Holy shit, Washington, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: God bless
0: America There's no there's no excuse To go out and lose to an FCS team I mean if you're going to lose To a shitty team at least make it like a group of five Teams don't go out and lose to a team that's not even That can't even play for a, The same national championship that you play for
1: the, the, the number 20 Team in the country I mean I know it's preseason which doesn't I mean doesn't matter to anything Especially in this day and age with players transferring All over the place but it doesn't matter. Washington should be Washington and they should be Montana. So they need to go look in the mirror and decide who they're going to be because they're going to be one and done with their head coach otherwise.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just there's not much else to say on that one. Um, Michigan State versus Northwestern. Uh, I'll put my hand up on this one. I was completely dead wrong about Michigan State. Um, they looked good. They beat a good Northwestern team. Uh, I don't know if they're going to contend for the Big Ten. But I have a good feeling they're going to make some noise this year. They're going to be probably a couple other teams that they probably wouldn't have been picked to be before the season started.
1: I'm going to be right there with you. Mel Tucker has 180'd that team, and they look completely different. I was hating on Michigan State prior to the season. I got into do some you, Reddit arguments about it. I was just
0: do you remember not high on that.
1: Yeah, we picked them to finish dead last. We week. literally
0: said we got to Michigan State, and like, oh, they're going to finish last, and that's all we said. <laughs>
1: Yep, yep. And so I'm going to hold my hand right there next to you yeah. because we... You were
0: dead wrong about Michigan State.
1: We were dead wrong. All
0: right. Uh, another thing that we're going to start rolling out this uh, starting this week is we're going to do overachievers and underachievers of the of week one. Uh, so my overachievers are Michigan State, Florida State, and Tulane. Those are three teams that looked great this week. Uh, Florida State lost and Tulane lost, but... I mean, for their expectations going into the season, and specifically the games that they played in this week, I mean, hats off to them. They did a great job. Um, and on the reverse side, my underachievers are LSU and Washington, just fucking pathetic.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing. All right, are, you, are you done? Sorry, man. I cut you yeah, off. Yeah, go thing. ahead. I was going to say my overachievers for the week was Virginia Tech, UCLA, and Florida State. Um, they all three won. I'm not – 100% sold on UCLA yet. I, I, I'm not sure. Virginia Tech, they might be better than we think. Florida State should be proud of what they did and have high hopes for the future. My underachievers, um, Iowa State and Oklahoma, they won, but they should have played better. They look not good. Stanford is my next one, and they're right there with Washington. They lost to I, nobody. They. I forget who they lost to, but they are. Yeah,
0: they lost to a power five team, Jared.
1: Who would they lose to?
0: Uh, I can't remember, but pretty sure it was one of the pig games last week.
1: No, they lost to Kansas State, but they lost twenty four to seven. So you are mm-hmm. right, but I just remember it. Just thinking like, how does Stanford lose that game, and not only lose it, but got got killed. Uh,
0: I mean, Kansas State's usually pretty good. They're not. I mean, they're not ever really going to make the playoff but they're an eight and four nine and three team most years uh, so that really doesn't surprise me i think it's good this is one coach we didn't talk about during the hot seat but i think david shaw's time at uh at stanford's coming to an end here pretty soon yeah i agree i agree um, um do you want to go we skipped over the transport portal no transport portals next um i think we kind of we kind of covered it already um
1: Not a whole lot to say other than what we've been saying. It just seems like the transport portal is already starting to factor more so because so many people can use it. And I think we're just seeing the beginning of that. But there's a lot of teams that we pick to be bad that are now good. And a lot of good teams are now bad just for for people swapping back and forth. So you're getting a lot of experienced talent going to these schools who – You didn't really think of a whole lot of like Bama or Ohio State or whatever, and they're going to a school like Michigan State or Oklahoma State or wherever, and they're showing out.
0: Well, the quarterback from Kentucky—I don't—I can't remember what school he came from, but he came from a Big Ten school, and I mean, he just—he had the highest rated, the highest rated like first start for an SEC quarterback in SEC history. Like, it it was very impressive. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I think this is going to be something that happens in the future, too, is a transfer – transfer. I don't know why I can't say transfer. Transfer portal is going to make teams that traditionally I don't think were all that great suddenly better because they're going to be able to get some key players that they couldn't recruit previously.
0: Yeah, it's it, it really is the great equalizer. Um, like I said, it gives teams that were short on talent it gives them the chance to go out and get some players – um, so next up on the docket is our overreactions for week one. I'll let you do yours first.
1: Uh, overreaction that I heard the most was the SEC gets two to three play, playoff teams in. I can see a path to two, but I seriously doubt that happens. I seriously I think we just do one. Uh, I could see how there's two though, but three could seems see ridiculous. Yeah. I can see how there's two. Two's a possibility, but three just seems ridiculous.
0: I would imagine they're the third one they're talking about is Texas A&M.
1: They are. They're saying yeah. Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M. So, obviously, somebody's not going to play in the championship, and the, it doesn't matter the winner and loser because of the way the season's going to play out.
0: I know. We had talked about this game, and I know Texas A&M uh, ended up winning pretty big. Uh, I super. I watched, a, I watched a good bit of that game. I wasn't super impressed with them.
1: Didn't um, their quarterback throw, like, three or four interceptions?
0: Their quarterback did not look great. Um, no. Granted, it's a redshirt freshman making his first start, uh, but to me, he didn't—he didn't look spectacular. Um, we'll go over this. I, I misunderstood the overreactions portion of this. The—the uh, the ones I'm going to have are my actual overreactions. Uh, but go ahead with your next one.
1: Um, but what basically just parlays straight into that is Pac-12 and ACC missed the playoffs entirely. Um, I'm not going to rule out the Pac-12 yet. They've still got Oregon and UCLA that have a chance. I just don't see them doing it. Um, I, I think Oregon loses this weekend to Ohio State, and, and I think UCLA, a lot of people are bandwagoning because of them beating LSU. I don't think that I, – I think LSU just played a bad game, and I don't think UCLA has – I'm just not a believer in them yet. So, I'm
0: not necessarily a believer in them being a, a a threat to go win a playoff game, but I could see them running the table and making the playoffs. That wouldn't shock yeah. me at this point.
1: But if they do make the playoffs, they are going to get killed.
0: Oh, yeah, if they can match up with the Bama or Georgia in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to get their teeth kicked down of the throat, hopefully. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, no, I mean, I, yeah.
1: And then from that, I go into the sky is falling so for, for, for certain squads. So, like, a lot of people are freaking out. I mean, and, and I'm one of them about, like, Oklahoma, uh, you freaking out about LSU. I mean, there's still a lot of football to play. The biggest jump teams make from, is from week one to week two. And if there's no improvement in these areas from week one to week two, you generally know what issues you're going to have the rest of the year. Right. So that's that's that. my overreactions. Um, some I've heard, some I totally agree with, but I I'm not ruling out that there's possible for two SEC teams. I don't know ACC if they really have a path to get into the playoff at this point, but I think the Pac-12 is probably going to put a team in this year, one way or another.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, uh, so to go over my overreactions, uh, I think Ole Miss is. Bama's biggest threat in the West, not AM. Um, Ole Miss defense played significantly better last night, and they actually played a somewhat decent opponent in Louisville. Uh, we had no questions about their offense. We had some questions about the defense. The defense played well last night. I know they gave them some points at the end there, but they shut them out in the first half. Um, <clears throat> so I, that's that's my opinion. I think Ole Miss has a better shot to, I think Ole Miss is better equipped to beat Bama than Texas AM. It's,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think that's an overreaction. I think that's probably actually true. I think the quarterback issue at A&M is going to come into play.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Texas can win the Big 12. Uh, we kind of talked about – we alluded a little bit this to this earlier. Oklahoma didn't look great. Texas looked pretty good. Um, Sarkeesian versus uh, Lincoln Riley is going to be an interesting offensive uh, matchup. Uh, Texas got just as much talent like we talked about in the past. Um they just need a couple breaks to go their way, and I think they can win that game uh, win that game, and then win the Big 12. Because that's always been the issue with Texas is even if they do beat Oklahoma, they're going to lose a couple of random games that they shouldn't do. I think this past weekend was the first step in them showing that they're not going to lose those games anymore. Yeah, um,
1: I yeah, I agree.
0: And then my last one is UCLA is the Pac-12's best shot for the playoffs. Because um, like I said, I think Oregon loses to Ohio State this week. Um, and then it'll come down to, I guess, Oregon versus UCLA. Well, they're in different sides of the conference, so they they'll play once during the regular season, and then they'll play again, most likely in the Pac-12 championship. I'm not sure. I'm still not sold on USC just yet. Um, UCLA man, I I was impressed with what how they were what they did against LSU. Charbonnet looks really really good. The other running back looks really really good. Um, DTR doesn't do a lot to scare you with his arm. But, I mean, shit, if he can throw – if he only if he only completes 50% of his passes but they break a long one for a touchdown and then they just run it down your throat and just blitz you on every play on defense, I mean, they can win some games with that.
1: Oh, for sure, and they're definitely going to win games in the Pac-12 with
0: that. Yeah. Um, AP Top 25 reactions – I didn't really see anything in either of the polls that really surprised me. Um, I guess maybe I would still put Clemson above Texas A&M personally, um, but that doesn't really matter. One, you know, being fifth or sixth doesn't matter at this point in the season.
1: And, and you're right, it doesn't. Um, I think the one that I saw that just I, I couldn't figure out. Um, where where was it? Uh, I I didn't agree with UCLA jumping all the way to sixteen from un- unranked. I think that's a bit much. Um, they also oh, okay. dropped. Yeah, I mean if that's fine, that's fine. Uh, the other one, the Virginia Tech North Carolina loss was pretty close, and they dropped North Carolina from ten to twenty four. Seems a bit excessive.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd probably have kept them inside the top twenty. Um...
1: Well, the fact that they ranked Virginia Tech at nineteen. I mean, you're saying that Virginia Tech's a ranked team from unranked, and North Carolina barely deserves to be here.
0: Yeah. Now, it, with as many teams in the top 25 that lost last week, I'm perfectly fine with them shaking things up and making some drastic movements. Because I don't know. If UNC, if this is the only game they lose, they'll work their way back up. These early season rankings, it don't really mean a whole lot. It doesn't really,
1: it,
0: it just doesn't. Yeah. Mean.
1: Yeah, and you're right. It doesn't doesn't really matter until you start getting into the playoff selection part of it.
0: Um, it's yeah, fun to talk the, about. The, the, the selection committee has shown that they don't really care where the AP and coaches will rank the other teams. They're going to rank them how they see them. So it doesn't really, really matter in that sense either.
1: Yeah, and, the, and that's very true. I mean, they may use it to judge wins and losses and strength of schedule, but they don't they don't seem to factor it, like you said, any other way. Uh, because going with that, the fact that Ole Miss started the season unranked and then they only moved to 20, I I, I dare you to tell me that Coastal Carolina beats Ole Miss.
0: <laughs> yeah, i I put, I put Ole Miss higher, too. I agree.
1: Um, I think Ole Miss could probably beat anyone from 13 back. Yeah. To be honest, I, I think Ole Miss is better than Florida, USC, Texas, UCLA, Coastal Carolina, Wisconsin. I mean, and again, it's just for fun. But the Wisconsin lost to Penn State, and Penn State was what they were nineteen.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it just it doesn't seem to be. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be consistency, but it's just how people feel, and that's part of why it's so much fun.
0: All right, so let's move on to week two. Um, not a super exciting slate. Um, the big game is Ohio State versus Oregon. Uh, I think we both agree that Ohio State's going to win that game. Uh, uh, we didn't really talk about the Ohio, Ohio State game. They didn't look great in the first half, but they, they just steamrolled Minnesota in the second half. Uh, yeah, they
1: didn't. They didn't look good, but so- they didn't look out of sorts. They didn't look like they didn't have yeah. the ability to win it.
0: Yeah, they didn't look bad, but then they just started ripping off, you know, 60, 70 yard touchdowns every other play. Um, And Oregon, you know, we don't know the status of Kayvon Thibodeau at this point. And, you know, I mean, they've recruited really well, but anytime you lose a stuff playmaker like that on your defense, when you're going against a team who's going to air it out, that that hurts.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that sucks to lose him, especially right before that game, because they're going to need all the defense they can to slow down that offense. Uh, I mean, CJ Stroud didn't look great. But he got it rolling, and I, I just know how they're going to be. That offense is going to be humming at some yeah. point this year. So
0: um, Pittsburgh versus Tennessee, I picked Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not buying Tennessee just yet. Uh, if I they picked – If they win this oh, game, I'll give them a little bit more credit, but they didn't do anything that really impressed me this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I picked Tennessee. It's a toss-up to me because everybody says every year it's Pittsburgh's year and Tennessee's been bad for a while, but this is probably the best quarterback they've had in some time. And they do have talent, and it's in the SEC. So uh, I I think it's a toss-up game. I think I I picked Tennessee, but, I mean, we'll see. I could see Tennessee being – they could either dominate or get dominated.
0: Yeah, Uh, Florida versus USF. we both picked Florida for this one as much as it hurts our souls. Um, (laughs) Florida didn't look great. Well, Emory Jones didn't look great. Um, Backup quarterback, I forget his name. Richardson. 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 Um, Looks like a Tanner Tim Tebow out there. So
1: uh, Yeah, same number and everything.
0: I think he ends up taking a starting job sooner rather than later.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think their best chance to beat any of the big schools in the East of the SEC is with Richardson and not with Emory Jones. I yeah. hope that they start Emory Jones for the Georgia game because we can handle that.
0: What? What? That's usually like what week seven, week eight.
1: Uh, I think it is. I think it is this year. I think by then
0: the other guy would be the starter. By then, um, I don't. Know, Emory Jones showed me nothing to make me think that he deserves keep the starting job. Um, We'll see, uh, Texas A&M versus Colorado. This will tell me more about Texas A&M. Than the Week One game, Colorado's not great, um, but they they're not terrible. They're not a, I mean, they're a lower power five well, school, than still power five school.
1: I mean, we were, we said they were going to finish middle of the road, so yeah, Texas A&M should handle them, but with their quarterback issues, this might end up being closer than we think.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the defense will shut down Colorado. Because I don't think it's a super great offense. Um, I don't know. I think they'll, That's...
1: they'll probably oh, yeah. win
0: pretty easy. So we actually probably won't learn a whole lot about Texas A&M from this one. But we both the games we're going through all the picking games because there's not a whole lot on the slate. Um, so we both Texas A&M, uh, Iowa State versus Iowa. We talked about this one a little bit earlier. We're both picking Iowa in this one. Um, Iowa State barely beat. I think they played Northern Iowa or something like that.
1: Northern Illinois, I believe. Northern, no, Northern, Northern no, Indiana. Was,
0: no, I think it was it's, Northern Iowa. I think it was like a, what? it was like a Division II school or like a FCS school. Um,
1: uh, yeah, it was a. It wasn't Northern uh, Illinois. It was. North, it, was it was Northern Iowa.
0: Yeah, um, and then Iowa just beat the dog pits out of Indiana, so I think Iowa's gonna roll there. Texas versus Arkansas is an interesting one. I know you picked Arkansas. I picked Texas. To me, this is another, you know, if they win this one, this is another step of them showing that they are getting – Sarkeesian was the right decision because they're going to stop losing all these games that they should win.
1: Yeah, I, I think the reason that I picked Arkansas is just because Texas being Texas the last couple of years. Arkansas did not look good last week. They, they won, but they didn't look good. But this is a seven PM home game for Arkansas. It's gonna be a record setter as far as attendance. Sam Pittman's gonna have them
0: Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was gonna say Sam Pittman's gonna have them ready to play. They probably were looking ahead to Texas last week and that's why they stumbled. But we'll see. But Texas Texas needs the win to establish themselves, like you said, but Arkansas is on the rise, so I mean, Texas could easily get beat here.
0: I don't know. Have you been to it? have you ever been to a home game in Arkansas? No. It's like a really big high school stadium. It's it's a lot of metal bleachers and a lot of fat people yelling pig suey.
1: Oh, um, I I mean I have I've heard. I mean we played there last year and I heard the pig suey a lot, uh, especially in the first half when we came out and laid an egg. Yeah. But, um,
0: I think Arkansas but, I don't think Arkansas's got the, the talent to run with Texas at all. They
1: they don't have the talent. I'm just saying that a home environment, they they brought in extra extra bleachers and expanded the stadium and I think their record's like eighty four thousand, but they're expecting like ninety. Yeah,
0: we'll see. I I, I picked Texas to win pretty comfortably, personally. Um, okay. NC State versus Mississippi State. I picked NC State. Um, I know I don't think they looked super great in Week One, but neither did Mississippi State. Mississippi State was very lucky to be losing a Tech, um, and I think you know, little college football, college baseball payback here with NC State not being able to play in the national championship game because of the COVID stuff. Maybe the football team goes out and gets some revenge for them.
1: Okay, I um, I think. I think – I picked Mississippi State to win, but I honestly, as the week goes, I think I may change that. I'm pretty sure NC State's going to end up being – I think NC State's going to kill them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like we said, Mike Lee's not a great fit in the South. Uh Washington versus Michigan, <clears throat> smart money would be that Michigan goes out and wins this game pretty easily. they look good in week one, and Washington lost to fucking Montana. Um <laughs> This could, yeah, be one of, I mean, this could be one of those typical Jim Harbaugh games where he, he just loses a game that he has absolutely no business losing. Uh, but for now, I think we're both going to stick with Michigan. Yeah, that's my take as well. Uh, Utah versus BYU. Um, I picked Utah, but I was very tempted to pick BYU. Uh, BYU didn't look great. I mean, it's is one of those teams, I feel like we have such a – like history behind them, we always think that they're going to be better than they should be, and then they have like one good year, like they had last year. You're like, oh, BYU, BYU's a really good program. But in actuality, the reason BYU is good as they are is because most of their players are significantly older than than everyone they play against.
1: Yeah, they're just constantly full of juniors and seniors because nobody goes pro early.
0: Well, no, it's not even that. They're like 24 and 25 because they have to because they're Mormons. They have to do the admission trip after they graduate high school. You, so they usually don't actually start playing football until they're like 22.
1: I legit never thought of it like that, but, I, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, right. So they they usually have a team of men as opposed to, like, 18- and 19-year-olds. Yeah, uh, that's totally true. USC versus Stanford. I think we're both going to stick with USC here. Stanford did not look good. Uh USC should beat them up pretty easily. They should. They should. Uh, and then the last two games, LSU versus McNeese. I mean, if LSU doesn't beat McNeese, uh, you may never hear from me ever again. Uh, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It would, yeah, that'd be.
1: Well, that would some happened. man.
0: One thing I told myself I was never going to do is I I, I I would never block Adam because I would never stoop to his level. If LSU loses to McNeese, I might have to block Adam.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I know that would be tough. I mean if if you lose to McNeese, I mean that's definitely the writing on the wall for Ed. Like that's it. That's the well, end. if
0: if Ed's son, who's a quarterback to McNeese, beats LSU, he will cost not only his father his job. But also two of his brothers who work for LSU in their jobs as well.
1: Yeah, that that's tough. Yeah, but I don't think LSU even comes close to losing that game. I think you're going to steamroll them. So,
0: you gotta hope so. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, UGA, UGA versus UAB. Um, I, I don't see UGA. Fall into a trap here. I think they. I think they beat the. I think they beat the best out of UAB. I think they're going to be riding high after that Clemson win. They're going to realize they have a pretty manageable schedule. Uh, they'll get some rest for some key players, but y'all got enough. I mean, UGA's got enough talent to where they can rest a couple guys and still go out to beat a team like UAB pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to try to work in some guys who haven't had a lot of practice time. Uh, I think we're going to try to get some young guys playing. Um, I. think... It's our first home game, so I think we're going to be pretty hyped for that. Even though it's a three thirty game for UAB, I think we'll be fine. But to me, if there's a trap game, that one is more so than some of the ones I've seen a lot of people saying. UAB is just better than what people think. Like it's not just playing like Austin P or something like that. It's UAB. They're well coached.
0: They are, but to me, UAB they're not like a Cincinnati or UCF level group-of-five program. They're like a Troy-level group-of-five program, where if you're like a middle-of-the-road power five team, and you're not really paying attention, they'll go out and beat you. I don't think they're going to give you all much trouble.
1: Yeah, I think UGA is focused. I think they're really... they. I think we'll be fine, but never want to get caught looking, so I hope they keep the intensity and focus. Yeah. But yeah, UGA should kill them.
0: Yeah. Alright, so... Uh, to everybody's favorite portion of the show, uh, random topic time. Um, we may have to start getting like to the 20 people that listen to this. We're going to start getting some suggestions on random topics because we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here pretty soon because uh, we do like three to five a week and we're just running out of stuff to talk about. Um, first one, this was one I put up there. Which college football game slash stadium would you most like to visit? um i'll let you go first
1: uh most like to visit i yeah. mean i think it would have to be the rose bowl i would love to go see the rose bowl
0: yeah i think so uh, um to me i want to go to the army navy game
1: oh that that would be cool
0: yeah uh, i've always told my dad that one year i'll get him, me and him tickets to the army navy game um It just it's it just seems it's just a cool game to me.
1: Yeah, it it would be a lot of fun to watch because I mean, no matter how those schools do during the year, that game is probably one of the best games in all of college football. Right,
0: it's a great atmosphere. Uh, It's usually snowing. Um, It's 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 the only game on that week usually. yeah, that'd be a cool one to go to. I've always kind of been intrigued by going to a Penn State wideout game because always here, that's like the closest you would get to like an lsu at Death Valley game. So I'd like to actually like see one in person and see what it's actually like.
1: Yeah, I could see that. All right. Well, and I guess I will roll into the next one. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert had a $24 million diamond ripped from his forehead over the weekend if you could have anything attached to your body what would it be and where would you have it
0: i i don't even know where to begin with this one uh (laughs) i saw i mean i saw you pose this question in the group text and i i didn't have an answer then i don't really have an answer now uh it's just a a strange question
1: (laughs) well my take is if i could i would totally take the doctor octopus arms and put them on my back i would love to have those arms to just do whatever wouldn't ever be able to fit into a car properly, but
0: yeah. But could like, you take them off? That's my question.
1: I mean, I'm not really sure of the semantics of it. I'm gonna say yes. Uh,
0: well, if you can take them off, then you can't fit in a car.
1: Yeah, that's true. I guess in the in the movie they're permanently attached to him, but yeah, if I can take them off, sure, I'll take that.
0: So, if we're going with things that you can and can't take off, that kind of changes the question. Um, just because I don't have a better answer and I don't want to spend like 30 minutes trying to think of one, I'll go with Batman's Utility Belt because it's got an answer for everything in that belt. Um, <laughs> so, I'll, I'll take that, I guess. That'll, that'll work. You need some shark repellent, you got shark repellent. You need smoke bombs, you get smoke bombs. Uh, anything you need, you can find that belt. Um, Last one. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be?
1: Uh me personally, I think it would have to be. If I could live anywhere in the world, probably like in some of those like Swiss Alps somewhere, some one of those valleys.
0: Switzerland just, is flying through as well. Yeah, uh, there's I mean, a great Reddit page. Uh, Switzerland is fake. I love that one. Uh, Almost <laughs> checking that. Post and put putting put pictures of Switzerland, and then everybody just talked about. It way this place is real um speaking of reddit check out the socials uh instagram.com forward slash uh, football lab pod uh football lab podcast sorry uh the reddit page r slash football lab podcast uh, facebook.com forward slash football lab pod they're all some form of Football Lab, either pod or podcast. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember all of them specifically because we don't have just one name across the board. They're all kind of split up. Uh, but we've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got uh, the Reddit page. We've got uh, Instagram.
1: Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. And uh, thanks, thanks for doing it because I screwed it up last week and forgot to add Lab to everything.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> there is a chance that I may do some Twitch streams where I play some NCAA 14 on Saturdays while I'm watching the games. I haven't decided if I'm actually going to do it or not yet. Um, if you have any interest in that, let us know. Um, I don't know if it'll be interesting or not, but I, I, I'd be willing to give it a shot. I usually do play NCAA on Saturdays whenever I'm watching football. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the end of this week. Um, Jared, you guys have said people before we go.
1: Uh just come listen to the podcast, man. We love having y'all here. All all of you And uh go dogs. Uh
0: Adam, you're short. Uh if Adam could have anything attached to his body it'd be longer legs, so he wasn't dead so damn short. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. And uh as much as I hate to say it, go tigers.